0: Hello and welcome back to Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra over at D1Baseball.com. I'm your host, Joe Healy, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Etheridge. If you are watching the video version of this, you will see that I am still in Omaha. That was not the plan. I was, uh, at this precise moment, I was supposed to be on the last leg of my flight, uh, getting home from Omaha, but, uh. American Airlines had other ideas, so uh, it happens. That's okay. Not a big deal. Um, I will be home a little bit later, but it it does mean that we're able to bring you this episode probably at least a day earlier than we would have otherwise, so I guess there's your silver lining. Uh, Mark and I will be here to recap the College World Series final, the all-SEC matchup between LSU and Florida, a really weird series. Um, we We will talk about Talk about that and uh, put a bow on on this season. We'll have some more season recap stuff as the weeks go on, but we will put a bow on the instant reaction portion of this season uh, here today. But before we do that, I have to let you know that this episode and all episodes of the Highway to Hoover podcast are brought to you by Brock's Gap Brewing Company in Hoover, Alabama. And once again, if you are watching on the video, you can see that my colleague Mark has on a lovely Brock's Gap Brewing Company t-shirt that he picked up while we were down there in Hoover. Uh, cool merch. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I'm, I'm big on merch. Like, I buy a lot of t-shirts uh-huh. at breweries and restaurants and, you know, places like that. And and they had some they had some cool stuff going on. So um, anyway, as we've been saying all year, if you're local out there, head out to Brock's Gap Brewing Company and, and uh, support the folks who support us. If nothing else, we will see you out there next may again for the sec tournament we're really looking forward to that again next year mark what do you say we we get into the college world series finals huh let's do it and uh, it's kind of a fantastically strange series right i mean we get we get one close game we get two not at all close games (laughs) and then uh, lsu comes out on top of it all so before i kind of filibuster and and spin us in a specific direction why don't i just turn it over to you and and ask Mm -hmm. um, about your just top line takeaways from what we saw.
1: Well, we didn't know it at the time, but the game one was the, was the basically the deciding game. I mean, it was anyone's game down to the end and LSU homered their way to, to the title basically Um, for Florida. They just didn't throw enough strikes. I mean, it's been a rotation that, that one was consistent, in, the, in which they had the same three guys start every conference game, every weekend game, all year. They were the only team in the SEC to do that. So they were consistent there, but they were also consistent in that they didn't throw enough strikes. Uh, all three starters had their moments where they just they, they just didn't locate. And usually, you know, one or two of them would come through in a given weekend and pitch pretty well. And this week, well, I mean, Sproat battled. But he, even he didn't, you know, he, it wasn't the game he wanted, um, and as a result, I, I think that was the difference. They just didn't throw enough strikes, and LSU was really locked in at the plate for two of the three games, and um, you know, even even the games that they lost, in, in the game they didn't score a lot of runs and they had a lot of base runners, and and I think that was they really made Florida work on, on the mound and sped the game up, and, and I think. I think that, that was – they handled that better than Florida did. Um, certainly, Florida's got a lot to be proud of. It was a great season. Um, you know, if any, second to LSU, who, you know, we anointed before the season started as a super team. And, you know, most of the year they looked like it. They, they, they did have a dip where we questioned them and we wondered, can this – you know, after the Mississippi State Series, can this team even win a regional pitching like this? Well, they could they can do a lot more than that. And, and they figured it out. And and that's what talent does. And I think one more thing, and then and I'll, I'll turn it over to you. I don't want to take all the, the hot points here, but one of the things that, that was really impressive to me, okay. You had all of those program guys you, 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 at, at LSU guys who've been in the, you know, been through it. They understand. They've also taken some lumps. Um, and then you had some elite players who, who were, you know, freshman recruits who came in through the system. And then you meshed all of those with elite transfer portal guys. And that is not an easy thing to do. There are a lot of egos there. There are only so many at bats. There are only so many innings to pitch. And and for LSU to navigate that and, and you credit the, the coaching staff, obviously Jay Johnson and, and the entire staff, but also the the leaders on that team and the in those big personalities who kind of put their, you know, put their egos aside for, for the betterment of, of the common good. And boy did it pay off. I mean, that's what everyone's gonna point to when you bring in new guys. Hey, look look how you handled that. If you could bottle that, you, you could sell it and and really be successful because that, that's true not only for baseball, that's true for, for anywhere where you have you, you throwing a lot of uh, high-profile people together. And, and LSU, I mean, they they did it. You just got to tip your cap. Um, a lot of teams have the advantages that LSU have, but there was only one of them left standing at the end, and you have to credit them
0: for, for maximizing that. It's a good reminder, too, or at least a good example of why Jay Johnson is, is good at this, because mm-hmm. – He managed. He managed the personalities, and his staff is a part of that too. He's not a one-man show there, but that that staff managed the personalities, and also they're going to catch they're going to catch criticism for it from fans of other programs. And I I don't think it's fair, by the way. Like you're seeing a lot of, well, LSU bought a national title, and it's like, well, a, it's not that simple, and b, even if they did, like that's the system we have, right? Yeah. Like, why is that? Why is that not okay? So, but regardless. They took advantage. They they saw the way the wind was blowing in terms of uh, the transfer stuff, and they jumped in with both feet and got the first mover advantage. And that advantage, I think you and I have talked about on the air, that advantage is now kind of gone because no one is getting caught flat footed um, both in terms of going out and getting transfers and also re recruiting your whole roster to avoid having transfers out. But they deserve a lot of credit for kind of seeing where the game was going and taking advantage of it and bringing in Tommy White and Paul Skeens and even Thatcher Hurd, of course, who, who kind of came around as the as the season went on. So I, I think it's very easy to for many fans to discount what happened here because they quote I'm doing air quotes for those who are not watching on video that they bought this championship. Um but I think they actually deserve a lot of credit for even if you yeah. want to describe it that way. And I would not. Let me be very clear. I would not put it that way. But even if you want to, OK, well, give them credit for understanding that that was something that was out there to be done. Right. Yeah. Um, and understanding the system. I, so I think, you know, it, it's it's kind of like how sometimes coaches get almost get dinged for being really good recruiters. You mm-hmm. know, um, as if it's not like, well, don't they also deserve credit for recruiting really talented players? Right. So yeah. anyway, uh, I just I think that's something I don't want to get lost here is that there was there was some depth skill involved with with getting this team to this point.
1: Yeah, and you're right. I, I do think that because they're able to, you know, through NIL, through the portal and, you know, the, all the volatility that we talked about in our last episode, that there's a tendency to go, well well, they should win it all look look at who they've got well okay the the other part of this is they created this advantage, okay they're able to take advantage of it because they have incredible fan support you, I mean you were there in omaha that was that was an incredible showing by a fan base just to show up and take over a twenty five thousand seat stadium okay uh, that was that was that wasn't as, as impressive and the whole deal of and this is kind of an aside, but the, the chanting of Jordan Thompson, um, as you know, is someone who, who will get sucked into social media's negativity and say, this is absolute bullshit. And I hate this stuff. And why am I on it? To see a moment like that, when he's been getting nothing but pillared over the, you know, over the the week for what he had one hit and several errors coming into the weekend, I mean, coming into the final game, and and to hear that chant and then him to, for him to be rewarded or him to reward them and come up with some big plays, that that was just so I don't know. It's just kind of affirming to to see that pay off. and it made me it made me feel good about good about our sport right. And our fan base and not everybody's out there being a troll and a, you know, just a, a jerk. Um, I like that. That that was awesome. And I don't, I'd love to know how it started. If somebody, somebody knows that, you know, that that'd be a, a cool thing I'd like to explore, but just those kinds of moments were, were really, you know, really um, enjoyable as a, just a neutral person to watch and, I think you do have to give credit to to LSU for uh, taking advantage of, of of what they have there. I mean, there's that's an unparalleled fan base. I mean, there's a lot of good ones out there, but I don't know if any of them who who, who you know who, who are doing it any better. I'll put it that way. And so for them to be rewarded, that you know, it's kind of cool. It it really
0: was. I enjoyed that moment. You mentioned the pitching. And that's been the, the maligned area of, of the LSU team this year. And not to pat myself on the back, although I guess while I'm at it, I guess I will go ahead. Yeah, you know, I said, on, <laughs> I said on, on radio and, and on our podcast at several points that look, it looks bad. And when you're, when you're taking losses where you have bullpen meltdowns and they had some of those, it always looks bad, but the, this was also true by having Paul Skeens, they, in a postseason format, especially the super regional format and the Omaha format, having Paul Skeens gets you about fifty percent of the way there, right? Mm-hmm. You don't really have to do anything super special after that, right? And it turned out that um, they did have something special, and like Ty Floyd is pitching like a mm-hmm. an ace at this point. Like he made himself quite a bit of money this week in Omaha. I have to assume so good, you know, good for him there. Um, but my point was just that hey, you know, when you have Skeens, you're you're a lot of the way there. And these are talented pitchers that like LSU doesn't recruit bad players. So all it takes is finding a couple of guys who have big moments or get better as the year goes on and and just kind of, or just kind of pop up out of nowhere uh, to have big games in Omaha. And they kind of got all of those. Right. Thatcher Hurd got mm-hmm. better. Riley Cooper got better. Gavin Guidry kind of popped up right around mid season did his job um, yep. yeah exactly Nate Ackenhausen I don't want to say popped up out of nowhere but just kind of what he mm-hmm. did the other night uh, against Wake Forest uh, earlier uh, was that tennis the Tennessee game
1: that was the first Wake game yeah right
0: right right. you know what he did there um, again wasn't out of nowhere but he'd done nothing like that you know previous to that you know Griffin Herring kind of had a big he's, he's been a nice arm for them but he had a, a huge moment in the second weight game um, yeah it was the Tennessee game a, yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. Cause cause Coleman started the, the first yeah. weight game. Herring was the first weight game that was the Herring yeah. game out of yeah. the whole yeah because the the louder Skeens classic was the it was the, the second one second yeah. one yeah yeah okay we're clear on that now but regardless mm-hmm. my point all along has just been hey you, you got Skeens, and then you just gotta cobble something together and you've got a national title type team now whether or not they could do that or whether or not they win a national title was still up in the air but but they did and mm-hmm. you know the offense was obviously a a big part of that because they were always able to bank on on that, and that that continued to to come through. In terms of individual plays, I mean, there are a lot of things I'm going to remember about this LSU run. Obviously, we'll remember what Skeens did. We'll remember the aforementioned Skeens-Louder showdown for a long, long mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, the the Jordan Thompson stuff in that in Game yeah. Three, I think, will end up being memorable. Cade Beloso's series, I think, will end up being memorable. Yeah. Uh, We'll Trey Morgan's play at the plate Trey Morgan's play at the plate absolutely uh you know we'll, we'll probably remember this as Dylan Cruz's you know his swan mm-hmm. song in the LSU uniform on an individual play basis though I, one one play that I think will get overlooked when we when it, we look back in the history books that shouldn't I don't think is in game one of the finals against Florida Josh Pearson running back mm-hmm. I think it was Josh Pearson in the yeah I, yeah. yeah I don't think they'd switched him out um Running back and just at, ensnaring that mm-hmm. missile off of Wyatt Langford's bat. Yeah. Um, that Good if call. he hesitates for a, a single second, you know, on that ball, it's over his head. Florida wins. And we're probably talking about a different result today. Mm-hmm. Florida wins in
1: two. You
0: probably. Yeah. Probably some. Um, yeah. I mean, you just never know, but like that's certainly how mm-hmm. it played out if, if things had gone to, to form. So, um, that, so that plays, I think, will probably get a little bit lost to history in this run, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't in, in, in that case because that, that play really did save that game.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, it was a, a College World Series packed with stars. And for the most part, all those stars delivered. Um, you know, you, you would – I mean, Wyatt Langford was incredible. You know, hit some <laughs> hit some home runs that, that you just don't see. Okay, and, and then the home run that Cags hit with the uh, – I know the, the the announcers, I don't know how much you heard of the announcer group, but uh, Chris Burke went nuts over the launch angle on Cags' home run. I mean, that's not a home run that we see. I don't know how much of that was wind. I don't know how much of that is Cags as a superhero, but um, it was incredible, you know, to, to, to try to wrap your head around what happened. You know that was that was what I'm going to take out of it is you had two star-studded rosters and assembled in different ways, um, and but also had some similarities in that they both hit the portal and, and grabbed some elite talent, and they they both had some some home run, you know, recruiting uh, wins, and those guys had grown up, and, and as a result of that, they were able to you know, to put on a show for us. And I think that's, that's the thing. And, you know, as we look at how the game has changed over the last few years, certainly there's more power, uh, both, both power arms and power at the plate. Um, And and I think with that, there's more of a collection of talent pushed towards that top echelon of teams. And, And I wonder where this is going, you know, does that group kind of grow a little bit wider because right now it's, you know, it's eight to ten teams, maybe, maybe or does it shrink, you know, as, as more of the, um, more of the talent goes, hey, I want to play in these, these environments, I want to play for these elite coaches, I want to play, you know, for, for whatever reason in, in these, these venues, and go to these colleges, I, I'm really curious to see, you know, you know, everything seems to be cyclical, right? And is this just one of these one of these ups and da- ups and downs? Or is this kind of the new reality where all of the or, or a lot of the talent is going to go to a, a really small echelon of teams? And and if it is, okay, we'll have to adjust, right? It's already a huge adjustment with the transfer portal. You see teams from the bottom, you know, the bottom of the conference leaving to go play for teams at the top, right? And and, and I do think that that's just part of the, the ebbs and flow of a sport when, when you've got so much volatility, both, you know, with all the rule changes, with all the, the you know, with NIL, with transfer portal, with um, just the, all the money that's involved in it that, that wasn't here before. There's just so many, so many moving parts that it's hard to have any consistency. And as a result, you're seeing some results that, you know, it's, it's kind of pushing everything towards a, a certain group of teams. So will that continue or or will it kind of stabilize and, and and we get to something something that looks a little different.
0: Yeah, it's a, that's a, you know, certainly a complicated topic that we will we will continue to kind of cover in different forms as as time goes on and, you know, there's arguments we made all over the place on it. I mean, one is that, you know, this week has been a advertisement for two of the programs that are most aggressively doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Florida's already Reeled in Colby Shelton, and I don't think when 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 free transfer movement became a thing, whatever you want to say, a couple of years ago, um, I think we kind of we we kind of understand inherently that transfers like Sonny Deshara are going to happen, right? Guy rakes for four years at Samford, he gets an opportunity at Auburn, his dream school. He's going to take that. The idea that Alabama would have a freshman All American who would then just decide to leave to go to Florida, and I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying Uh that that concept I don't think was something that we really thought was on the table necessarily. Like, yeah. that's not what we thought this was going to be. And so, yeah. Um,
1: I mean, well, Alabama, I mean, they're losing three of their what, their top five or six returning
0: players to, yeah.
1: to, to transfer portal. So Kate, I mean, it's to, to LSU. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, and Holman, yeah. Holman, Holman out. Yep. Um, anyway. So yeah, just, that'll be something we, we kind of monitor. And, and the flip side of it, of course, is that it is kind of a, variation on the free market a little bit and ultimately um much like scholarship dollars in a previous era yeah. of college baseball there's only so much money to go around and not everyone can pay everyone and theoretically at least and mm-hmm. you know water will maybe find its level but that's obviously will you know that's a, a five years down the road to draw yeah it,
1: it's topic. fascinating to see where it's going to go but yeah it's it's certainly a, a different game than it was
0: say three years ago
1: Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors.
0: But you know, and it's interesting too, just to see, you know, co- these coaches are always, you know, if you're if you're not if you're not crooting, as they say, uh-huh. then you're falling behind. And it was, in some ways, jarring. But I also appreciate just the, the honesty and and candor, of Jay Johnson, on multiple occasions in his press conferences, really pretty openly, just saying, hey. Uh, pay transfers wh- why would you not want to come play here yeah like this is the best place for transfers or you know bringing his transfer guys to the press conference there was one press conference where it was you know it was Tommy White and it was Thatcher Hurd and it was Paul Skeens right mm-hmm. uh, up there and like i don't think that was totally an accident that those mm-hmm. were the guys that you know, it, you know they all played well in that game it wasn't like mm-hmm. random but um you know so yes i mean it, it, it's it's a thing that is 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 um you know, be, being some people are, are are going to think that that's and tactless, but I mean, I think it's just kind of again to my point of like, hey, these programs are dealing with reality on reality's terms, and that's mm-hmm. why they're winning.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you go to go to an LSU game on a Saturday night, you'll understand the allure. Okay, it is it's it's unlike you know consistently unlike in, any place that you're going to get. Um, there are other places that are maybe as good once in a while, but they just don't have the consistency week in week out that, that LSU brings, and you know that that's the difference right now. And it's I mean, who can blame a you know twenty year old kid for wanting to be part of that? I mean, it's if you get the opportunity, it's 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 tough to say no to, and and I think because of that, you know LSU they're going to reload. And whatever model that Johnson used this year to mesh all that talent together and make it into a cozy cohesive unit, he's going to have to try to do it again and again and again and again, because eat, because all those personalities are going to be different. Right. And trying to, trying to find that, that happy, happy blend is, is more, you know, art than science. So it's going to be a, you know, he'll have his work cut out. It's a good problem to have because you're, you're probably going to have great talent, but it's, it's also kind of a, a psychology exercise mm. and uh, that's going to be fascinating. And, uh, you know, that, that's one of the things, you know, that, that that we want to cover in the off season. That's one of the, I, I'd like to talk to Jay about that and just kind of kind of play psychology with him. You know, you, well, this is, this is a, a big part of, you know, you, you love to be a hitting teacher, but how much of, how much of your job now, is, is not just baseball, it's all these other things of managing managing egos and expectations and and, and making, making a, you know, a group work as one.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean, that's a great bow to put on it because ultimately I think there was, going into the season, one of the questions about LSU off the field really was, is this team going to come together or is it going to feel like a team of mercenaries that, yeah, they're talented and yeah, they win a bunch of games, but when things get, difficult or tight or they have to come through in a big spot like are they going to be able to stand up to that and the answer was Mm -hmm. yeah as it turned out so um i think that's a great a great bow to put on it there Uh, mark also alluded to it we'll have plenty of stuff um certainly that the the content uh creation will not will not slow from here although I, i guess it may slow because the season is not here but it will continue on we'll continue doing podcasts we don't really know there will continue to be regular podcasts Uh, in what form and how many and all that stuff that is, is TBD, but we are certainly not going to desert you on the podcast front. Mark and I are much too chatty to let that happen. So (laughs) we will, uh, we will continue that. We'll also have uh, plenty of transfer portal content throughout the summer. I'm looking forward to doing some, some traditional recruiting content with the help of some of our partners over at uh, prep baseball report, Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, D1 baseball has a relationship with those guys and that's very helpful because, Mark and I, I'll be honest with you. We're not recruit Like it's just mm-hmm. not something that's really in our wheelhouse, but for those guys, it is. So we're, we're kind of looking forward to being able to some of, yeah. do some of that stuff. Uh, we will also do season, some season recap stuff, because I mean, there are teams that their seasons ended over a month ago at this point. Yeah. And so um, you know, we'll kind of reacquaint ourselves with the seasons that were for for those individual SEC teams. We'll talk about that on the podcast. I'm sure we'll write some stuff about it. So, plenty of stuff still coming down the pike. And and to be honest with you, um, you know, I, I'm going to the Cape. Um, Team USA stuff is is happening, and then fall ball honestly isn't that far away. And and fall ball, especially in the SEC, is is a deal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Mark, you were there last year for the Jacksonville game between Florida yeah. and Georgia. Like, it's not all like that. But it's, you know, it's a pretty popular thing. So uh, yeah. there will be plenty of fall ball coverage as always at D1Baseball.com. And, and, and Mark and I will have some individual stuff to put a little different spin on, on fall ball. So I, I say all that to yeah. say we appreciate all of you being with us this season. Um, but don't, you know, don't, don't leave us now. We, I, think we're, I think we've got a lot of stuff that is going to be worth your while sticking yeah. around. And we, we hope to fill... Some of what would otherwise be slower months with some interesting different different things, and if that's always kind of been our goal here, is to do some some different stuff and to experiment a little bit. And there's really no time better in the off season to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, good good point, Joe. And I, I'm going to do a weekly column. I've already got about eight ideas, kind of fleshed out of ones I'm going to do at the appropriate time, and then you know just tell stories. I mean, that, that's that's a big part of. there's so many to tell, you know, when you're talking about college baseball, specifically in the SEC, there's a lot of stories that that we want to tell. So can't wait to get, uh, get those rolled out, share them with everyone. And um, yeah, it's been a great, great year. I mean, you think about where we were opening day and everybody's expecting big things. And for some, some of the clubs, it really happened. I mean, you had teams like South Carolina and Alabama and, uh, winning regionals and Kentucky winning regionals and Auburn hosted a regional. All those, all those teams had successful years based on how, you know, all the doubters and all the haters and everything else, you know, early in the year. So, it, you know, it's not just about LSU winning the title or Florida making the finals. There were a lot of clubs that, that, that have plenty of
0: stories to tell and we can't wait to tell them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. Um, so again, we're, this is, this is not a goodbye. It is just kind of a thank you. For mm-hmm. everything this season. Um, but yeah, not, not much is going to change in terms of us turning out stuff on the side and, and in podcast form, but did want to take a second to thank everyone who's, who's been with us from the jump when we first launched this thing at the start of this, at the, at the start of the year. Um, but we will roll on Mark and I aren't going anywhere for better or worse. Like if you, if you really like what we do, what we did this year, then congrats, you're going to get more as a more of us if you hated it. I mean, I don't really know why, you're, why you'd why you be listening to this, but if you did hate it, I'm sorry. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry if you hated it. We're still going to be around. They, they continue to pay us to do this, so we will continue to do this. Um, but we've had, a, we've had a heck of a lot of fun. That's the other thing I wanted to say is we've had a heck of a lot of fun um, doing it and interacting with you all. So looking forward to doing more of that. That is going to do it for this episode of Highway to Hoover, production of SEC Extra at D1Baseball.com and brought to you by Brock's Gap Brewing Company, in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mark, as always, for joining me. We'll talk to y'all later. The Highway to Hoover podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.